the 64th Q&A. We started early because you know we have night curfew, so we need to finish a little earlier and reach home before the curfew starts. We thank for you, every one of you. We keep praying for you, keep praying for us, especially for our nation. We're going through a really, really rough time. <clears throat> and uh, the sad part is not just the disease and the deaths, but most of the nation does not know Christ. So there is such a sense of desperation and hopelessness. And uh, so many, I mean, the, the figures are unbelievable. The real figures are unbelievable. So please pray for India. Above all, through this season, God will open a door. Like Paul said, and against great opposition, God opened a door. That he will open a door to God's servants. Everyone, I'm not talking about pastors, every Christian will start stand up and start praying and witnessing. And others will start coming to them and ask them the reason for their hope. This is the best time of all times to witness that Christians will pray for their non-Christian neighbors and they will stand there firm because the Bible says weep with those who are weeping and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So pray that the, the church is very subdued, cowed down by all the opposition and the attacks. But this is the time for the church to rise up in faith because we should not miss our moments. These moments don't come often in a nation. And like we know, as C.S. Lewis said, in our pain, God's voice is like a trumpet. And I've seen it in my own house where most of the people who came asking for prayer from my wife at the gate weeping non-Christians, because they know this is a house of prayer. You know, when tragedy strikes, everybody's religion falls apart. Because religion does not give you that comfort, only Christ can. <coughs> so this small evening, as we go into the Q&A, Pastor Vijay, could you lead us in prayer? <coughs> Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that you have blessed us with, O oh Lord. Amidst of all the trouble that is going around in the world, O Lord, we know your word which says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. You told Israel, O Lord, I am the God who does not change, and therefore you are not consumed in your iniquities, O Jacob. Therefore this evening, O Lord, we come to that one unchanging God, the God who sent his Son and was given us a spirit to understand your ways. Father, even as we heard this morning, O Lord, even through these questions, O Lord, that your people have asked, O Lord, enable us to know you, O Lord. It is those who know their God will be strong and will do mighty exploits, is what your word says. Father, I pray, Lord, every question, every situation, every circumstance that we go through, O Lord, will lead us to you and will challenge and exhort us to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I pray, Father, through this time of Father, questions and answers, O Lord, I pray, Lord, you would speak to every heart and every one of us will know you, O Lord. We, like Moses, we ask you, O Lord, and say, these are your people. Therefore, O Lord, teach us your ways. Show us your paths that we might know you. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Anoint your servant, even as he, Father, tackles all these questions. And I pray, Father, for all your children all around the world, including all of us over here, your anointing would rest upon us the, the teacher and as well as the hearer. And Lord, 
exhort us, strengthen us, encourage us, rebuke us, chastise us. But Lord, strengthen us in you. Let our faith increase even during this time. We thank you. We praise you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay. Yes, Pastor. So, uh, question number two. Um, we'll begin with question number, number two. two. Okay. What is the difference between sanctification and growing in image and character of Jesus Christ? How much is it related to sufferings and going through difficult situations? <clears throat> sanctification primarily means to be set apart for a holy use. Hmm. Set apart for a holy use. Sanctification doesn't necessarily mm. mean you grow. Yes. Necessarily mean you grow. Mm. For growth, certain conditions have to be met. Mm. You can, you can be a sanctified child. Mm. Sanctified child, but not growing in maturity. Both are necessary. You cannot grow without sanctification, but sanctification itself is not growth. Mm. It's not growth. Okay, that's what you're talking about. Jesus Christ was he sanctified? Yes, but the Bible says he grew. Mm. He grew in four different ways. He grew. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew with favor with mm-hmm. God spiritually. He grew it with man relationally, socially. So at every level he is growing. Okay, but at every point he's sanctified. Mm. He's sanctified. So it is not, it is not the same sanctification and growth. Like when we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you cannot have fruit unless you grow. Mm-hmm. Fruit is a result of the tree growing and reaching a particular stage. Like it has to grow, the buds have to come, the blossoms have to come, and then the fruit comes, and the fruit has to ripen before it can be used. So there is a process, and that's the difference between sanctification and growth. Sanctification is primarily where uh, you cleanse yourself. Okay, this is your sanctification, refrain, and then there is a cleansing if you have fallen. Because we all, if any man says he's without sin, then he makes God a liar. So sanctification is a continuous process. And two of the primary instruments, the Spirit of God is a sanctifier. Understand that. He's a sanctifier. The two primary, like, um, like, depending upon an object, the Bible says in Malachi, the refiner's fire. What is a fire used for? It is for sanctifying, refining. Launderer's soap. What is a soap used for? Sanctifying. In the same way, the Holy Spirit uses two things. One, primarily, he uses the Word of God. He uses the Word of God. And when we, we are convicted, we, he uses, when we believe, the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. Okay, but in both sanctification and both in growth, one of the things that he uses are our experiences. Mm. That's what the third part of the question is, mm. if he says, how much is it related to the sufferings, difficult situation that we go through? You see, you can be kind of sanctified without going through too much difficult things, but you will never grow without going through suffering. It's impossible. You will never grow without Without suffering. It's impossible. Because even about Jesus saying that he learned obedience through what he suffered. Mm. Okay, it's a learning process. Mm. It's a learning process. And without suffering, and you know that in even normal life, it is impossible to learn without suffering. You have to, if you are, I mean, imagine, like we have this academy right behind the church office. And you have hundreds of kids coming early in the morning. You want to be a cricketer? 
coaching is in the morning <laughs> it's vacation time but wake up in the morning get your kid back come over there some come walking some come by cycle some come on two wheelers some are dropped in four but they all come and then first thing you have to run around i see them in the morning okay now you have to suffer does that mean all of them become sportsmen no you have to be persistent till the end so anything in life if you want to achieve something there is suffering there is suffering and how much more to come into the image of Christ Jesus because suffering suffering i mean if you look at <coughs> jesus is primarily but then people always have this issue with jesus saying but he was god okay he was god so we leave jesus aside and we ask the people about people like joseph would joseph have become joseph if he didn't go through what he went through i'm not saying pers- suffering in itself is a virtue mm-hmm. suffering doesn't necessarily make you uh like jesus it is how you respond to suffering that's where the teaching comes when you go through this understand <coughs> this is what god is taking you through but let me put across in the light of the in the light of the word of god in this life it is impossible to become like jesus christ the image of jesus christ with without suffering and that is something which christians don't understand and which pagans don't understand why christians suffer so much quite he will give you seasons of peace but after that again conflict begins that's where there is internal conflict there's a conflict in families then when the children grow there's conflict with children there are conflicts through it all what is god teaching us how do you know you're patient how do you know you're patient <coughs> How do you know? <laughs> If everybody around you is patient, how do you know you are patient? You may be impatient and you think you are patient because the others are patient. Okay. How do you know you are loving? How do you know you are loving? Until you run into unloving people. Okay. See, the problem is the devil has messed up people's understanding of our truth because he is saturated the world with emotions. With emotions. And emotions are not true. Emotions are not true. Everything is now translated into feelings. That's why you cannot talk to anybody because you step on their feelings. Okay, that's why we have to even the, the most uh, subjective thing, the most important thing in the world called love. In the world, it is only feelings. But the Word of God hardly talks about feelings. God so loved the world. Oh, He sat there and felt. No, it says He gave His only Son for what? to live such a horrible life here on earth the prince of heaven to be beaten mocked crucified hung on the cross naked put to shame i mean that is that is love that is love unless we see that. and there are no feelings it's not there are feeling and actually feeling should be must be exactly opposite of what the world feels that you shirk away from that feeling you know what that's a lot even he jesus himself the day before says father take this cup away from me he's not feeling so much there it's not there and this is what we need to understand and unless we understand that we we do not realize you know what we are not growing in the image of christ jesus we're not growing in the image of and that's why christian life suffering is intertwined it is part of it and these are the sufferings of christ, christ if yes. you want to be like christ hmm. you cannot pick you pick and choose your sufferings hmm. cannot pick and choose your suffering there are sufferings in the world that is <coughs> common we are not talking about that we are talking about those 
who are going through the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings of Christ you go through is particularly because you're fighting sin to the point of shedding blood. You're fighting the enemy and you're not fighting flesh and blood. Though flesh and blood will fight you. And God allows the enemy to fight you. God allows the sin to come, this thing to come against you to see this so that you know you are growing. How do you know you're overcoming temptation? Unless you overcome it. God puts this COVID shield all around you. No temptation comes. Everything is sealed. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are until it comes. But when it comes knocking, that's when Joseph knew. That's when Joseph knew that, hey, you know what? I overcame. I overcame. Okay. But if it hadn't come, if he had, let's ask me this question. If he hadn't overcome and that he is thrown into the dungeon, would he have met the two people from the palace? Okay, so that's what Bible says. All things work together for those who love Christ Jesus and are called according to his purpose. So both has its place, sanctification has its place, and we have to keep growing. Otherwise, we'll be just good, nice, sanctified children. Mm. You know, the same thing is about Samuel. Samuel grew. Samuel Samuel had to grow. He's a sanctified little child in the midst of iniquity. And he continues in his sanctity. (coughs) And the the thing is that in sanctity also you grow. Your testings are not the same. Mm-hmm. Paul will write to Timothy, flee youthful lust. Yes. Hmm? There are youthful lusts. That's the sanctification of the youth. There are middle age lusts. There are old age lusts. Mm-hmm. Name, reputation and all this in old age. It is not a youthful lust. It's, it's old age. Pride comes in, especially if you are successful. You have a name. You have success. You are known and anybody touches over there, mm-hmm. you will suddenly realize, <laughs> no, you, and that is the thing. And that is the most difficult part of speaking to older people because they have built a resume of righteousness and good works and you cannot touch them there. You cannot touch them. They will fight for it. They will fight for it. The gospel is so difficult when you are old if you are a good person because you are banking on your righteousness and then when God comes and says all your righteousness is filthy rags, not before people, they gave you trophies also, but filthy rags before God. And then you will suddenly realize it's a difficult thing. It is a difficult thing. So there are different kinds of sufferings we go through. You know? And you look at Paul. Paul also, he says, I learned what it is to be content. Yeah. I learned. These are all things which you learn. learn. You learn. And you just don't learn by listening to the word of God. That is only one thing. Once you have listened to the word of God, he will start taking through the practical to, to those who listen. I'm not about those who suggest hear and take note. Those who listen and say, Lord, I heard this. I really want to be that. And God says, good. I was waiting for that. I'll put you through now. It. Lord, I want to be patient. Love is kind and long-suffering. There's no pill called that. Kind and long-suffering. You can't buy it in a medical store. He will put you to the ringer. I remember people saying that. I was asking, Lord, Lord, I want to be really, really patient. And he says, the next week onwards, my boss who was so kind and loving turned nasty. And I was saying, Lord, what is happening? He said, you prayed yesterday. <laughs> you prayed yesterday. <laughs> no? So I'm answering your prayer. Now be, you, you'll, through this you will understand how to be kind, how to be patient, and you don't have to react anymore. I will teach you how it is, and that's how. And that's the thing about Jesus Christ. It only, and Moses and Jesus are two pictures over there. In the beginning, his brother and sister opposed him. After that, his leadership opposed him. 
by the end the whole congregation of him and he's still standing there he's being tested he's still kind he's still merciful still weeping out for the same thing with jesus first his family and then the crowds then the disciples ultimately is all alone on the cross and he's, he's being tested it has to be tested he's still being tested are you obedient and he's still crying out for the people okay because he has to be proved first the Bible says, because he suffered and he was made perfect, he became the source of salvation for all. He had to be made perfect. So the question is, wasn't he perfect? Yes. At every stage, he had to be made perfect. At every stage. His final test is the cross. How will you react? You have the power to shut your mouth, not respond at all, grit your teeth and die, or Use your powers, come down and prove to them you are the son of God. Or open your mouth and bless them and forgive them. What are you going to do? He's proving. You know. So the, that's what the Bible says. He showed us a way. It's a way. That's why the Bible says it's important. He came in the flesh. It's another question talking about. He yes. came in the flesh. Mm. He came in the body. And he proved us. You can live this life. Mm. And unlike you, I'd, unlike you, he didn't have that start which we have. We have incredible privilege which he did not have. He couldn't sin and go back for forgiveness. Understand about privilege. He couldn't goof off one time. If he did, he's gone, we are gone. Universe changes. So he did not have our privilege. If any man sins, I write to you children that you do not sin. If any man sin, he has a, we have a, if Jesus sins, there is no advocate. Yes. It's only prosecutor attorney. Let's not forget. Mm. So we have an incredible privilege that if we sin, we can go receive mercy, grace, not to sin again. We have an advocate who speaks for us. So look at that and says, God says, that's how it is. So it is not the same. <coughs> what you say, sanctification, but they are, they go together. You cannot grow in the Lord. I'm talking about the character of Jesus Christ. You can grow in different things. You can grow in faith without sanctification. Mm. I'm telling you, there are mighty men of God over there. They were not sanctified, but they were put in the whole uh, way of uh, faith. Gideon is put. Samson is put. How sanctified are they towards the end? They are not. Mm-hmm. Gideon actually goes down the road. A man who began very humbly actually becomes very proud and beats up the people and all that power got into his head. But God still uses him. So he's not getting more sanctified. But he's growing in faith. Mm. He's defeating this enemy. So look at the case of Samson too. He's not sanctified, but he's growing. So when we are talking about growth, we are not talking about growing in gifts or growing in faith. We are not talking about that. I'm talking about the acts of faith, mm. the powerful, which everybody is... But everybody is interested. That's not the Bible is talking about. Growing in the nature and the character of Christ. Okay? So, that is what is important. Without sanctification, you can grow in certain things. But without sanctification, it is impossible to grow. Grow in the nature and the image of Christ Jesus. Yes, Pastor Vijay. I think the follow-up question will be the, will be on the same lines, Pastor. Question number three. It says, how different is Jesus Christ who is word become flesh? And the word of God. I see this is many. Question number three, yeah. Question number three. Mm-hmm. How different is Jesus Christ who is word become flesh and the word of God? I see many connecting verses. For example, Jesus Christ and the word of God as sanctification. Jesus Christ and word of God as truth. Jesus Christ and the word of God as light. See, there are two things, two, three things over here. When Jesus Christ is put across as the word of God, and this also is the word of God, 
it is not identical hmm it is not identical if this is a word of god but this is not the whole word of god hmm if this is the whole word of god this is only what god has spoken he has never spoken i mean god can be contained between the pages of a book he cannot be contained hmm meaning what is recorded is what has god spoken even john when he ends his gospel says so many things so many things are not and god is still speaking mm. but this is what we call scripture mm. this is called scripture what god has spoken through men 40 plus men 1500 years canonized and put as scripture this is the word of god okay basically when i mean so many concepts about trinity which we don't which we cannot understand i don't know even in eternity we will be really be, be able to understand the father the son and the holy spirit but simply putting across the way god reveals himself to us is through the son hmm that's why he's called the word of god i mean a simple simple example we have used over and i have used over and over and ever again we have q and a over there pastor vijay asks a question i refuse to answer i just sit here for one hour quietly what do you hear what do you know if you ask me who was sitting there you will see a small little man wearing a black trouser and a striped shirt he sat there and even what do you know about me nothing mm. but if you have to know anything about me i have to start first speaking first speaking then you watch my speaking you watch my expressions you watch how i walk that is in the old king james version it is called conversation mm. the entire lifestyle, lifestyle. Mm. and then you start getting a picture of that person so that is what jesus christ is primarily that's what jesus christ is there is a person for god and there is an expression of god through the son for our sake but they are different people mm. but we can understand god only through jesus christ because he is the one who came us in human form is the one who came in human form and billy graham put it across long time ago very beautifully he said imagine a line of whole line of ants are going okay and you look at it and you actually take one ant off the ants will still continue going the same line they don't change their line and you know they are all going to a place where they're going to be destroyed and you try their best to change them they won't change their line they will you take one off the others will continue following but it is what if you could become an ant mm. and go among the ants and tell them you know the way you are directed is dangerous mm. you're going to get destroyed so let us change and go in another direction mm. then the ants may some ants may may not believe you some may oppose you but some may follow you mm. and those some may follow you you may be able to take them to safety in another direction they said that's what god did he came in the flesh and told them the way you are directed you are headed to hell i'm showing you a new way follow some opposed some argued some ignored some has followed him and he takes them to safety in eternity that is what it means god became flesh now he was not only showing a way he became the way he became the way so when the bible talks about god in the flesh understand mm. this when it talks about there is also a difference if you turn with me to first corinthians 5 516 uh, 16 517 is 5, 17 is a new creation second right? corinthians 516 second corinthians 516 mm. therefore from now on mm. we regard no one according to the mm. flesh even though we have known christ according to the flesh mm. yet now we know him thus no longer 
Then suddenly something is coming over here. See, there was a historical person called Jesus Christ mm. who was born on a particular year, lived on earth for a particular season, and died on the cross on a particular day, 33 and a half years or 33 years. He lived. It's a historical person, Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible says in him was the fullness of God, which we cannot understand. Only God can do it. Like I said, can you take an ocean and put it into a bottle? Is it possible? You will say, impossible. Mm. But for God, it's yes, possible. Yes. Mm. God is the only one who can take the whole ocean and put it into a bottle. <laughs> he can do it. Mm. How he does it, we will never understand. In the same way, can God reside in a body? Is it possible? The God who created this whole universe which is still expanding. The creator of this thing suddenly come and stay inside and say the fullness of God was in him. Only God can do it. But when he came in that flesh, he had his bodily limitations. And we all know the limitations we have, he also had. He was limited by time, by space. By this body, the infirmities of this body, the tiredness of the body, the weariness. He was limited by this body like we are limited by the body. Okay? And then therefore even to express himself, to teach himself, everything that our body gives you limitations. And Paul is saying, now you are released from that. Mm-hmm. Now he's come in the, in the new resurrected body and he is with us, everyone Everywhere, through his Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes. So he says, I don't want to know Christ in the flesh. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know Christ in the flesh. I want to know Christ in the spirit. Mm. I no longer, yet now we know him, thus no mm. longer. Okay. And that's how God comes and approaches when the weekdays when we were looking at Gideon. That's how God, mm. God doesn't want to know Gideon as he is. He's talking about Gideon who you will be. Mm. Mighty man of God is with you, mighty mm. man of valor. What is that? It's a spiritual statement. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual statement. Who you can be, in other words, in Christ. Limitations are taken off. I don't want to know you in the flesh. In the flesh, when I see you sitting in a wine press, you're desperate, you're fearful, you're hiding your resources from the Midianites. But how I see you is completely different. And the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's He's a a new creation. creation. Meaning, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. flesh. What they can be. What they can be. That's why we keep pushing people, Mm. pushing people. Don't limit yourself. When you limit yourself, you are limiting the Christ in you, Mm. the Spirit of God in you. Because you, none of us really know what God can do with us. That's why he has used all the weak, fearful men Mm. and women and to see what they were able to do, save nations. Hebrews 11 gives an entire description of what men and women did. And if you look at the beginning, they were nothing. Mm. Every one of them were nothing. How did they become that? Because the limitations were taken off. Yes. You know, And we, that's what I said, if only in this life we have hope in Christ Jesus, we are the most miserable. Because faith goes into the unseen. It goes into eternity. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things. So when you're talking about believing in Jesus, Jesus in the flesh, the word became flesh, and what he is now is not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. In essence, he has never changed. Yes. In character, mm-hmm. he has not changed. But the limitations have been taken off. That is why the saints and all, like Paul and Apostle Peter and all of them, all of them who understood it is, they are all waiting to die. <laughs> They're not dying because they've got a work to finish. So they know that is duty. But once duty is over, it's like, it's like the, the soldiers. And I used to be with the soldiers for so many years. So 
you have to see their joy you know have to be in the with the army soldiers after a service they will say hum pastor as a tamil most of them are tamilian pastor nalaike urukku pova you should see you know they got their leave i'm going home mm. okay duty is over i'm released or the one who's retiring even more happy retired they for accepted pastor urukku pova you see the joy okay but till the last moment he is serving is mm. no is duty bound mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. duty bound okay and he may have got leave but he also knows if there is a crisis the leave will be cancelled okay so sometimes you could be a servant of god or a child of god and you know your duty is over and like this pandemic there is a crisis and god says i'm cancelling your leave <laughs> i'm extending your life <laughs> i'm extending your life i need you <laughs> and we are okay with it that's what paul says for me to live for to but that is good he says for me if i live it's good for you mm-hmm. i'm not staying here for my own sake mm-hmm. i have nothing left in this world i have no desires no nothing in this world if i stay here it is only for the sake of my church mm-hmm. but if i go i go if you ask me which is it is i will tell you i want to go mm. okay if it's a call of duty and the call to go home if you ask me which is to ask any soldier in the army which is what you want to do he will say i want to go home but if i have to stay i will obey my orders and you have to see life that way unless we see life that way you know this is what we have been trying to preach yesterday today sunday everything you know until our life is centered on the person oh. of christ jesus our issue is that we are still good theologians till mm. till it's theology without coming to a theo we are only logic mm. there is theo the person and then there is logic and we are fascinated by logic no we have to get fascinated by the nurse and that is the person honestly telling i have experienced in the worst times in the best times i have seen him walk along with you and he never leaves you in the most frightening situations you suddenly realize he's so real he's there with you it is not that you have a visible presence or something you know he is with you he is with you is with you and there's a person okay there's a person and that is the jesus we are talking about and the, that's the only way you can you that's the way you should know him and then logic comes in mm-hmm. so you get to know this person this are his ways the word of god then there's a different what you call a different uh, hunger in getting to know this person I'm telling you still I'm I'm not saying it's per se a bad thing still people listen to messages read the bible to get out of their situations they think it is more like a self help book it is not it's more than that I'm not saying it is not a self help book you can help yourself <laughs> with the principles <laughs> of the kingdom of god it works mm. it works but it's much more than that mm. it is a revelation of the person of god and when you come to that and start reading the bible the holy spirit gets excited excited no that's like when you like i said when i go on missions and all there's a crowd sitting over there after 10 minutes you will know who is last on mm. then though you're teaching 100 people 200 people 300 people That's your true. eyes are on that two or three people the other listening you know these ones have latched on the same way the holy spirit is forever looking for somebody who's latched on to christ and then he starts teaching mm. you're interested in 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 my son you're interested in my son 
you know what, I will teach you. So the Bible says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you all things. What does he teach? He will reveal about things about me, about Jesus. And we have to come to that. And suddenly you will realize that life is not, even in the midst of pandemic, life is not as bad as it looks. No, it all has to revolve around the person. And if we take our eyes, it's simple lesson of Peter. You take off the eyes of that person, you will sink. You will see. You keep your eyes on that person. You can walk on water. Amen. You can walk on water. We are, we are living in a time where you have to walk on water. Yeah. You have no choice. We are come to a situation. Either you walk on water, keeping your eyes on him, or you sink. But thank God he's such a kind, nice. He he won't rebuke you first. He will lift you up. <laughs> then he will rebuke you. Oh, the question number four, I think at the end it's a follow-up question. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in eternity? My daughter asked me this question when we talked about life in heaven from Revelation 21 and 22. Yeah. The role of the Holy Spirit in eternity will be the role of the Holy Spirit, but he's today. <laughs> yes, today, exactly. Okay. The role never changes. <laughs> His role never changes. If you come to Acts chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Okay? 1 and 2. Acts chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 10 and 2. Because the simple thing is to look at the person who rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. is Jesus Christ. He is the firstborn and we are all after that. He is the firstborn in the new creation. We are all going to be patterned like him. As he is, so we will be. Glory may differ, but that is the that is the what you call the original masterpiece of the new creation. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay, that's something. How is he doing everything? How is Jesus doing everything? Through the Holy Spirit. How will we do everything in eternity? Through the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit will be in every... That's where the unity will come. We'll have an unbelievable unity of love and peace and kindness, everything, because everybody will be saturated. God will be in all in all. All in all. all. One God will be in all, and God will be all All in in all. Hmm. Okay, so the Holy Spirit's role in eternity only increases. Hmm. It doesn't decrease. It only increases, okay. And I'm telling you one thing, in eternity, everybody will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. <laughs> Whether you will speak in tongues or not, I do not know, but you will have a tongue there which everybody will understand. Will be charismatic for sure. Like everybody will be charismatic there for sure. Everybody will speak, everybody will understand. You don't need an interpretation, you will understand. But everybody will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that is where you see. Now we come to... Revelation 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will see over there. <laughs> Chapter 1, uh, 22, verse 1. <coughs> and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, producing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. One line is enough. That's it. <laughs> That's what God and the Lamb. And the river that is flowing is the Holy Spirit. That's it. <laughs> and everything is being worked out by the Spirit of God. And you go over to Genesis chapter 1, the same thing. The Father, the Son, everything is being worked out by the Holy Spirit. There is no jealousy, no competition, no ego clash among them. They work together. <laughs> they work together. And the church becomes, and we come to verse 17, 
you will suddenly realize the spirit and the bride say come they have become one in their intention in their attitude in their invitation one mind the church and the spirit the bride of christ and the spirit have come become one again again they say one that's how it works so the holy spirit is there throughout eternity i mean think about it the simple thing is that for a believer is that without your spirit what will you do what will you do yes your soul is there but the soul is not going to get any signals from heaven without the spirit it's the same thing because the signal from heaven is received by the spirit and interpreted by the soul okay the signals from the from the world is received by the body and interpreted by the soul the soul sits in the middle but if you want to receive anything from from god you need your spirit so the first thing act of god is that he births you in the spirit, spirit. it's not that you did not have a spirit it was dead mm. dead to god Yes. Dead to God. Okay, it's not that you don't have a spirit, it is dead to God. He makes it alive. Okay, the Bible says in James, a man without the spirit is dead. He's dead. dead while living, dead men walking. Mm. But when the spirit comes alive, you are suddenly conscious about God and the things of God. And then the spirit slowly starts speaking to the spirit. The soul starts interpreting. And start, and the battle begins. From there, signal is coming. From here, another signal is coming. Ultimately, what will you believe? What will you obey? Hmm. This is the battle between. That's why the Bible says the flesh contends against the spirit, and the spirit contends against the flesh. Where is the contention taking place? Inside. The spirit is speaking to your spirit. The world is speaking to your flesh, and they are fighting each other. But who decides? The soul decides. Hmm. Soul has to decide. In the soul is this control center called will. Hmm. Will. Mm-hmm. And it is not a difficult thing. Jesus also struggled. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. That is the controlling factor. And that is what God has given. Choose this day whom you will serve. What does it mean? You have a will. You can still choose. People make it very difficult. But the more you go in disobedience, the will becomes bent in a certain direction. It becomes hardened. It is. And then the soul starts coming with all kinds of arguments. <laughs> Okay, arguments, why you need to do this. It start lifting up thoughts and imaginations above Mm -hmm. the word of God, the knowledge of God. This is where we have to be very, very, very careful. Absolutely careful because that is how self-righteousness comes in. Self-righteousness comes in is because you know you are supposed to do this, but you will not do it because your will is your hardened. But the problem is you are born again, so you cannot live without truth. So you start making your arguments. And sometimes you use scripture. <laughs> you use scripture, but you don't use scripture. You misuse scripture. Mm. But deep inside the spirit will still be nagging you or not. Not right. It's not right. It's not right. But if you consistently keep ignoring that voice, that voice goes. Not that the Spirit doesn't speak to you other things. He leaves you alone in that area. Does He leave you alone forever? No. He will leave you alone until you are ready to listen to Him again. And in that area, you will crash and crash. And one day you will say, Lord, what do I do? God says, okay, are you ready? I've been telling you this for a long time. Telling you for this long time. You should have listened to me then. You didn't listen. Now are you ready? Yes, Lord, I am ready. But you don't have to go there. You could, you could listen to him and put it right much, much before. 
The problem is, I'm telling you honestly, it is good to listen in the beginning and change. Because you will say, okay, maybe at some at later point, God will bring me to that point, I will, I will obey. But the problem is, your willingness to obey then, and the endurance and perseverance you have in your character <coughs> may not be the same. Mm. Yes. Okay. That's what the Bible says about Esau. He cried with tears, but he could not bring a change of mind, because he does not have endurance. He knows he's wrong. He wants change, but the problem is the more you indulge in your flesh, what you lose is endurance and perseverance. You lose that. The simple thing, what it looks very simple over there, what Esau did. I am hungry, what's the use of birthright? I'm going to die, give me it. You know what he did not have? He did not have endurance. To wait in and says, you know what, you know, you must be kidding me. I'm not selling my birthright to you. I'll go and ask mommy to make something. I'm willing to wait. Your broth is ready, that will take one hour. I'm good, I'll wait one hour. You know, we are not willing to wait. Mm. When you are not willing to wait, we are not building something which is the most important quality for the believer in the last days. Patience. He needs endurance, he needs perseverance, he needs patience. There are three different things, yes. but similar in so many ways. If you don't have this, the Bible says, you will not last. You will not last. So the Bible says, you will not last. He endures till the end. Let me ask you this is a simple question. What is one thing that Dimas did not have? Endurance. Endurance. Yes. He could not endure it. That's it. He left Paul and went into the world. Hmm. It does not say anything else about him. Nothing. It doesn't say he drank, he smoked, he wasted money. It's only, only one thing. He couldn't resist the world. Not this person. He couldn't resist the world. He did not have the endurance to resist the world. He resisted for a long time. Okay, but he did not have that endurance to resist till the end. And he flipped and he went. Think about it. Only one line written about that man at the end. Dimas loved the world and has forsaken me. What does it say? He stole. He made graven images. He lied. Okay. He committed adultery. He killed something. Nothing. He just loved the world. <laughs> and when we talk about these things, people sometimes get upset. But this is the truth. Truth. Okay. You, whenever you get upset, you need to understand God has touched your flesh and the mm. flesh is connected to the world. Touched you there. And be very careful when you get upset. Okay, Lord, you are telling me. You are telling me something over here, Lord. And this is not for anybody's benefit, Lord. This is for my benefit because you as a father wants me to finish my race. And to finish this race, you need this quality of endurance. Yes. Like Pastor Vijay was saying last week, this is not a 100 meter dash. It's a marathon with hurdles on the way. Lots of hurdles on the way. Simply designed specifically for each child to build endurance. Build endurance. But these are qualities of Christ. He's changing us into the image of Christ. Jesus endured. The Bible says, looking at the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, 2. He endured the cross. Again, we are talking about the cross. It's the cross that he hung on. No. Mm-hmm. The cross he carried, carried for 33 every years. Day. Every day he came. There are two crosses he had. One is the cross he carried every day and a cross on which he was crucified. One he made himself and picked it. The other was made for him and hung on it. These are not two things. We are not called to go to the second one, but we are all called to take the first one. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. And we have to endure that carrying. You know, when what did Damas do? He put the cross and walked away. Mm. That's what he did. He put the cross and walked away. I can't. It's too much. A lot of people do. They put down that cross and says, you know what? This is too much. 
this is too much. You know, the, the day you put down the cross, you stop following him. Stop following him. And you turn your direction and go towards the world. So these are real things. These are real. I'm not saying you, and I'm not even saying Dimas lost his salvation. Mm. I'm not saying that. Scrums. He lost his crowns. Mm. We don't know how he ended. So I'm not making any presumption, but if he, I'm not saying that he lost his salvation. I'm saying he lost his crown because he could not endure till the end. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we have some difficult questions. Many young children are dying during this pan- pandemic. Is 12 the year of is 12 the year of accountability? How come God will allow innocent children to get caught in the wicked pandemic? Okay, uh, one thing Jesus was went to the temple at the age of 12, but there is no per se an age like 12 or anything. We we are not living by the Jewish calendar. Uh, the age of accountability is when the child or the person has the actual knowledge of the gospel. Mm. Okay, A man may hear the gospel uh, first time at the age of 50. <laughs> That's only when he can be. You cannot be accountable to something you don't know. Mm. Okay, Accountable to something you do not know. You have to hear. I'm not saying he's therefore not accountable to his conscience. Yes. That's a different thing. I'm talking about the gospel. The gospel conscience is one thing which troubles you. The gospel is something which releases you. Yeah. Okay, so here is something about children. So we do not know exactly. So we'll take the accountability factor off. Some kids should be accountable by the time they're four years old because they know so much. They're smart. They understand God so well. <laughs> okay, they have a really beautiful relationship with God. Five-year-old, six-year-old children. You will see they know God. They walk with God. They're very happy. They are very content in their own way. Mm. I mean, how old do you think Samuel was when God spoke to him? Right? So accountability can change from age to age, um, person to person. Then how come God will allow innocent children to get caught in this wicked pandemic? First, you need to realize innocent children have been caught in everything from time immemorial. <laughs> we don't look at it the prism of pandemic. What happens during a war? What happens during a calamity? What happens during a cyclone? What happens to a famine? No, riots. Everybody dies. Old people die, children die. Okay? Everybody dies. So you cannot look in the simple prism. You have to look in the overall picture. Overall picture. And one of the things is that, like I see, like I, like I, like I keep saying is that before that day, which is called the day of judgment, God cannot intervene. God does not usually intervene selectively. Does not intervene selectively. Okay? There is something, there's a wave taking place. Taking place. Okay? Yet, there is another side. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody guilty. Please don't misunderstand me. Yet, if you are a believing parent and a believing father and mother, and you know how to live in the spirit and walk in the spirit and hear from God. You've heard from God about your child, a promise, and you are standing on that promise and believing it for that child. The child will not die. Amen. Child will not die. Child cannot be killed. How many attempts were made to kill Jesus? Could he be killed? No. Something spoken over him. Spoken over him. All the other children in Bethlehem died. He didn't die. And Herod had no clue he did not die. His father was warned in a dream, flee to Egypt. Flee to Egypt. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He was always one step ahead of death. Mm. For 10 years, 12 years, David, he could not be killed because mm. he had a promise over mm. him. 
these are fundamental things why we ask parents, you know. Like, be wise like Rebecca. Be wise like Rebecca. When you have children, go to God and receive the promise God has for your children. And stand on it. Don't look at anything that is happening around. But once they reach an age of accountability, it's a different thing. Okay? You can only stand back and intercede and we don't know how effective it can. But when they are small, you can cover them. You can cover them. A child will not die. My child will not die. Pandemic or war or earthquake and all, there is a promise over his life. It will not come to pass. It will not come to pass. The devil can do anything, but God will protect him. And the devil identifies those children. He knows those children. But God also knows his children. So these are simple things. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. But I'm telling to you parents who have children, you know, you need promises. And God is a God who gives promise over your children. Hmm. You know, sometimes the child's rebellion, a promise may be delay, delayed. That does not mean the promise is denied. Amen. It's denied. No, like when he called me, I delayed by my disobedience. He called me in 1988. I received it only in 94. That was six years. Whose loss? God's or mine? Mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not God's loss. It was mine. Mm-hmm. But all the other things he worked it all around for me. Uh, the simple thing is this, if you go to Romans uh, 8, 28. <laughs> for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, This is one of the simple things I will tell you, tell children, all you are listening and those who are here, you know, one thing. Every day wake up and confess your love for God. Whatever state you are in, make sure you love God. Mm. Okay? Everything will fall into place. You know, everything will fall into place. Like I said, you know, um, let me give an example. We have LHL over here. We had so many children. A lot of them got adopted. There was, there were children over there, still children over there. But I'm telling you, among all those children over there, some children are not affectionate at all. Affectionate at all. Why did I love one child so much? You know why? Because she loved me. Some of them are very street smart. Charan was very smart. He was no affection at all. <laughs> all he wanted his things. And get his things, he will show his affection. After that, he's forgotten you. <laughs> and some kids are like that. Mm. Okay? And so many Christians are like that. And in the middle of it, God looks at somebody who is, he says, you know, you know what? David loved God. And therefore, God loved David. Okay? You need to understand. Therefore, you know what? Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. God was willing to cover everything of David. You know what? Say, that man loves me. Mm. There are better men like than him. In this country. But they don't love me the way he does. I'm telling you certain things, you know. Everybody talks about Pastor Mahdi Pastor. Why have I never forgotten her? Okay. This May 21st. It will be three years since I haven't seen her or heard her voice. I've never forgotten her. Because I look back and say, you know, that baby loved me. And therefore, I love her. You cannot forget. You know. We love our children. The question is, do our children love us? Our children love us and do the things for us. We have to see it the way God sees it, you know. God has, God so loved the world. Then he loves his bride, his son's bride, the church. But in the church, there are people who love God. Amen. They may not be perfect men. 
They may not have gifts like the others. The simple thing is that they simply love God. They love God. You know, and you know what God says? I will work out things for them. That's what it says. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Honestly, everybody is called. Everybody is called. But everybody who is called and working out purpose also don't really love him. They don't really love him. Okay, And that is this incredible life of David. If you ask me the secret behind David's success, Simply that. This hmm. man loved, loved God. God. And therefore God loved him. Hmm. God would go to any extent for that boy. That's my boy. But if you look at him, he, he wasn't such a straight guy like the others. He goofed up in ways which even Saul did not goof up. Okay, And we have to look at those things. We need to understand these are important <clears throat> things. The problems, that's what I said. There is Theo and there is all logic. Hmm. Get to know this God and get to love Him and tell Him every day, I love you. Is it because our forefathers have sinned and the sins of the parents will fall on our children? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay? And Jeremiah says, the our fathers have bitten on sour grapes. Children's teeth will not be set on the edge. Okay? Not necessarily. And by the way, let me tell you, there's a difference. We are talking primarily, and I'm talking to believers. Okay? So I'm talking to believers. Uh, your children are safe. Hmm. Children are safe. Okay. If they die, they are safe. Hmm. Okay. David is, you see, David's child was born out of an illegitimate, illicit relationship. It was born out of adultery. The child is still holy. Wow. Hmm. David is absolutely sure the child won't come back to me, but I will hmm. go back to that child. Okay. The faith of the parent Sanctified that child. The so yeah. child is safe. Okay? Second, second thing which I want to talk to you is about in the midst of all this, because I ha- I've gone through this, so I'm able to tell you is that I have gone through this because I lost a child. I went through this, so I know it that you never question the goodness of God. You can ask Lord why did this happen, all that. You never question the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Okay. I'm not even saying give God the benefit of doubt. Mm -hmm. You don't even doubt the goodness of God. Simply because God is good. A child of yours to die. God is good. God is good. One day in eternity you will understand the reasons. Okay, In David's case. okay, You can say it is judgment. Even in judgment God is good. Let us imagine that child is lives child lives. Okay. And remember the child of Bathsheba is who is the one who is going to be the next king. So instead of Solomon, this fellow becomes king. Can you imagine? His throne is always shaky because there is a rumor about him. Whose son is he? Is he David? So Uriah has usurper taken the throne of David? Is he legit? Mm. Is he legit? Whose son is he? Really? Do you really know? And God is, God is good. Because we don't understand so many things. Let us say a child died. Okay, a child died. Let's say my child died. If he had lived, do I know how he would end? Hmm. Would he actually end his life forsaking Christ and walking away? 
God in his mercy said, let him take me when he's good. How do you know? I'm not saying accidents are in there, but even when accidents take place and all these things place, you have to realize God is always in control of our lives. Two, he's always good. Always good. That's why my son died on a Thursday and I led worship on a Sunday. When the pastor called me, will you lead? I said, I will. I will lead. Where did I learn it from? I learned it from David. This is the time to worship. To say that you are still good. What happens in my life doesn't change who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 1996. Who you are. That's what I'm saying. There are certain experiences God will take you through which you get to know him. This person is real. He is who he says he is. But how do you get to know him? You look into the word of God. See somebody who went through the same situation. See how he reacted. And when you react the same way, you realize the God of David has become your God. Mm. He's the same God. There is no difference at all. He has become the same God. It's no difference at all. That's how you... So it's not judgment or anything. Don't look... When it comes to children, remember, this is a completely different picture altogether. He never said, do not stop the adults from coming to me. He never said that. He mm. said, keep them away. They trouble me too much. But don't <laughs> let the... Don't stop the children from coming to me. I tell my wife, and we, we are like... When it comes to this, we are so different. Mm. My wife has no patience with little ones. She has a limit to that. She used to always tell, Mary is yours. I'm, I said, absolutely fine. First thing in the morning she wakes, last thing in the night, I'm good with it. I have no, I tell her, I have no patience with teenagers, they are yours. <laughs> they are yours. I don't have patience with teenagers, they are yours. The little ones, I got no issues. I got no issues. Okay, I got no issues. I got patience with them. It's very easy to deal with the little ones. With, I mean, not a strange little one you drop, of course, he will be more, or she will be. I'm not talking about the ones who know you. You leave them alone, they are good. Actually, children are very good without their parents. <laughs> now, you leave them with me, they are very good. People will say, oh, this child is nothing. No, I drop, I mean, people have dropped their kids with me. and go, Oh, this child doesn't eat at all. I said, are you really talking about the same child? That one, he finished two sandwiches I made and gave. Yeah, really? I said, yeah, and finish in 10 minutes and said, Grandpa, is there more? I said, of course, I'll make the second one and give it to you. They eat well, they don't disturb you at all, you can do your work and all. He said, the whole issue is that we make our children into monsters. Our children are not monsters, they're really good. Only thing we need, the patience to be with children. I've never seen this idea about children are a disturbance. If children are actually a disturbance, why would Jesus say, do not stop the children from coming to me? He said, let them come, let them come. He took them in his arms, he blessed them. And he was tired. Okay, so please, Jesus got a completely different picture about children, which we need to get that picture. But teenagers, Jesus has a different picture about teenagers. <laughs> That's why all the warning is given to them. Serve your creator in the days of your youth, and it's good for the youth to bear a yoke. All that is given. Nothing about the babies. <laughs> babies, I love them. I've got lots of patience. Teenagers, I give them to my wife. In the New Testament, the curse of sin is broken, right? Yeah. So... How do we reconcile the two, he says? The curse of sin is bo broken. The curse is broken. That is broken. Meaning, what curse is actually? If you look at it, there are two. What is the curse of sin? The wages of sin is? Death. death. Which death is he talking about? Eternal. Second death. Mm -hmm. That is broken. But, 
The consequences. Consequences are also there. The consequences, the issue is that, let me put example this way. Go to the side, uh, the banks of a lake. Take a stone and throw it. Can you say it will, it will stop with the first ripple? No. You wait for a little time, go to the other side of the lake, the ripple has reached there. Nope. Okay. So, I have the freedom to do what I want. But, but I don't have the freedom to choose the consequences. Absolutely. Because it's beyond, gone mm. out of my hand. Mm. There's so many factors working into it. And like I said, most of the time, God is cleaning up our mess. Mm. He's cleaning up our mess. Oh boy. Yeah, that's why God does not sleep, because his children give him no sleep. <laughs> the God of Israel either sleeps or slumbers. He says, boy, I take one wink, they will goof up. <laughs> they will goof up. You know, he's a father who never goes to sleep. Okay, because he knows his children. Most of the time what God is doing, he is cleaning up our mess. He's cleaning up our mess. Okay, so please remember, this one curse, that Jesus took on the, cro- on the cross. And then... <coughs> Other things that we did, consequences will follow. Consequences will follow. But we can cry out to God. We can take a complete U-turn and God will work it around for our good. Work it around for our good. No? I mean, let me tell you, working it around for our good. Simple example. David committed adultery. In the heat of the moment, he committed adultery. He tried to Deceive her husband did not work because he was a righteous man. Then he got him killed. Okay? I mean, you can't goof bigger than that. That is the biggest goofy a man can do, a believer can do. Lie, cheat, adultery, murder, everything he did. He broke all ten commandments. There's nothing in the ten commandments he did not break. One to ten he broke. (laughs) (laughs) He broke it all. God confronted him, he confessed from his heart, he repented, did a U-turn. Right? Let me ask this question. Yes, the consequences followed. The sword will fall, this thing. Let me ask you another question. Isn't that son, another son from that same woman who became the greatest king in terms of worldly prestige wisdom in Israel's history? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. That is the unbelievable side of, of God. Mm. It is that man's son through that woman who became Solomon. And God loved Solomon. Mm. Bible says. The problem is God loved Solomon. Solomon did not love God. Mm. That was the issue. God loved David. God loved Solomon. But the difference is David loved God. Solomon did not love God. He loved him when he was young, when he grew old. But David loved God all his life. All his life. So this is where you have to understand how God deals, how God can turn around your mess and make it into a message. What is David's mess? Mess is issue with Bethsaba. What is the message? Solomon. God turned it around. So that's when we take our U-turn, we go around and confess to God and cry out to God. He can turn it around. That's what I believe for Margie and Naomi and all that. You know what? God will turn it around. It will be a different ministry altogether. It won't be like RZM. It won't be like that at all. It will be a completely different ministry. We'll give it to them. You know what? They will be able to now empathize and have a ministry with hurting people. Hurting people. Broken people. You know? 
will not be like apologetics. It will be a completely different ministry. But the world will not give you the renown RGM had, but it will be effective in God's eyes. He will turn it around and you have to always believe God is good, it is not over and he will turn it around and make it into something else because you are the clay in the potter. Remember the illustration I gave you? The clay was the same. Mm-hmm. He made one, he didn't like it. He didn't throw the clay away. He just reshaped the clay and made it into a pot which he liked. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was the crack? The crack was us. We didn't move along with the wheel, with the hand. We messed. God didn't throw us out into the dumpster. He took us and he reshaped our life and gave us a new beginning. And that's the message. A new beginning, a new message. And God does it. And that's why you have to believe in this goodness of God. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Do we just know that God is mad at us? Is it a wake-up call? <laughs> no, God is, like I said, no? God is not mad at us. He's, he's not even tapping on your shoulder anymore. He's slapping on your back saying, wake up. Oh. Mm. America, wake up. Mm. World, wake up. More than the world, the church in America has to, can we put this off? The church in America has to, America has to wake up. Okay, he's not telling Britain wake up, Germany wake up. Britain wake with the church in Britain waking up, the church in Germany waking up, or the church in India waking up is different from America waking up. America waking up simply because America is the foremost and the most influential nation in the world. So if America wakes up, it has a rippling effect around the world, completely different effect on the world. Okay, let us say if the American president is a man who is with the people of God, it has an effect on the rest of the world for the church. At least the church knows we have somebody on earth who speaks for us. We want cover, we want political cover. Okay, that's different. He has to wake up. So that America, the church in America has to wake up because if that nation goes, that's why we are looking. We are looking which way it is. There are prophets, like there's a question, so many prophets have failed. Mm. But we do not know. Because even the prophets you are looking at, there are few prophets. Most of them are dreamers. There are dreams and there are visions. And there's a difference in all these things. There are Dreams are different. Visions are different. Prophecies are different. And we do not know how exactly it is. This is the way I read it. Okay, I could be absolutely wrong in my limited understanding. Either America is going into a period of darkness or something is going to happen and it will be restored, but it will be a bloody restoration. You may, America may move into, because what really happened during this number third onwards and many, many subsequent years before that was America's elections were being stolen. It was not stolen in November 3rd. Many elections were stolen. It is not that. There are the deep state where President Trump spoke about was absolutely true. There is a cabal inside that controls everything. And they cannot. Remember, um, uh, Schumer mm. speaking when President Trump was there, when uh, uh, President Trump talked about the deep state and the CIA and all that, he says, you know, I'm not verbatim quoting him. 
he says, you need to be careful about when you question them because it doesn't matter who you are. They have seven different ways of getting back at you. He made a statement then and they got back at him. They will not be moved out. They are so entrenched. They control this world. You need to understand. But if they are exposed because of God, if they are exposed, they will be bloodshed on the streets. I'm telling you, cities will start burning because they won't give up without a fight. That God will allow the righteous side to overcome. But there will be bloodshed, there will be riots, cities will burn. And many, many top leaders, if they are exposed, will be either executed or they will go into prison. So I don't know which way it is going. And I don't know where the world is ready for it. Mm-hmm. Either this will continue into a darkness where America's demise has begun, or is there is going to be another revolution. I don't know. The way I hear the dreams, the visions, and the prophecies, it could be either of it. There are two schools who are talking. One is saying it's over. The other side is coming. A bloody revolution is coming. And God is going to move. The thing is that that is why we have to stand there firm and intercede for that nation. Because if that happens as a nation, it will affect all of us. Everything will start crashing. Economy, everything will start crashing. Let me let me explain to you how how... We are a global economy. You know, in the Suez Canal, mm. when one ship got blocked, you know, the whole, we still do not understand the ramif- what happened there for 10 days, the effects that will be seen through this year till next year. Yes, yes. Because that's how the economy works. Yeah. We will not see. So this pandemic, okay, like they talk about how brilliant Bibi was. Bibi is Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. Israel, no? You know what he went? He made a private deal with Pfizer. And he paid them three times the price of mm-hmm. the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And got it. Because he said, what did he do? He says, if you look at the price of a lockdown, okay, price of a lockdown, and price of vaccinating all the people, buying the vaccine at three times, he says, you're making a profit. You're not losing anything. Okay. Let us think about India's population. What is the price of vaccinating all the people? What was the price of the the lockdown? They said 11 lakh crores is what we lost in the lockdown. What would be the price of vaccinating all the people? I'm not not standing for vaccination. I'm talking in principle. (laughs) These are smart leaders. Smart leaders. You have to look at that way. Okay, smart. Look at that way. Okay, but there are lots of agendas behind the vaccination. All kind of things are all there over there. So we are at a crucial point. Is it just the beginning of labor pain or this is the beginning of the end? We do not know. That is why the Bible says, Oh, you sleeper, awake. 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 It's a storm hitting. Everybody is aware. But the man of God called Jonah is fast asleep. So they have to come and wake him up and cry to your God. Mm. Mm. Cry to your God. And he he has an answer. He says, you know what? Throw me overboard. The storm will cease. So my sometimes my question is, is this a result because of the sin of the church? Mm. The world is innocent because they don't know Christ. The church is guilty because they have thrown Christ out. They have legalized everything. The church, I'm not talking about the government. The church has accepted everything that is an antithesis to what the Bible says. And God says, you are the problem. Mm. You are the problem. You repent, 
you cry out, you change, I will heal the land. Hmm. You are the problem. You are the problem. So you have to go through all this. I don't know. That's what I said. I'm not a prophet. I can only look at the word of God, read the signs, and just do what. But like I said, in God speaks through his prophet even in the Old Testament. If it is captivity and exile, he says the righteous, I will protect them even in exile. Even in exile, I will protect them. So we have to stand in those promises. Everybody doesn't have to be a martyr. Only those who are called to be martyrs become martyrs. But God has a supernatural protection for his people. When the plagues were being unleashed on Egypt, God's people are kept safe in Goshen. Goshen. And that's what God is saying. It is not one Goshen won't save God's people. God needs to have a thousand Goshens, a hundred thousand Goshens around the world to keep his people safe. Supernatural protection for his people. Well, the plagues. The first three plagues Israel went through. So this pandemic is going through the church too. But we have to realize, Lord, if you are the same God and this is the beginning, you will make a distinction between them and us. You will make a distinction. You will protect us. Okay. That is how you apply faith of the, this. Why, why are these all things recorded? For our Amen. sake. Amen. Our sake. You go through this and says, you know what? There is a pattern in which the devil works. Hmm. It's a pattern in which God works. I look into it and I will look back and say, you know what? You are a good God. You are a faithful God. You know what? You are going to bring me through. So God is not mad. Like I said, God is not mad. Okay. He has not forsaken his people. That is Gideon's theology and it was absolutely wrong. God has delivered. But he's not forsaken. The only human he ever forsook was his son. The others forsake good God and walked away. But God has not forsaken anybody. The only person he has ever forsaken for the sake of humanity was his son on the cross. That's why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God has never forsaken humanity. Humanity has forsaken God. Humanity has forsaken God from the time of Cain, went away from God towards the east. That's why the eastern people are the most difficult to reach out to. They went further and further and further away from God. And the further we go away from God, the more into demonic worship we have become. Ultimately, snake has become a God. Dragon has become a God. Because we have gone further away from God to the east. Look, snake and dragon are the main this thing in the entire east. How did snake and dragon become? You know why? Because we went away from, we didn't, God didn't leave us. We forsook God. Please understand that God has not forsaken any person. He only forsook one person that was his own son so that he could receive us. So God is not mad. God is not mad. <clears throat> so many prophecies, not one of them came to pass. God does not lie, right? Are we under God's judgment? Is this coming at the door? I would say that still give it time. Hmm. Still give it time. Let the prophecies run out in its own time. Like I said, we cannot, certain, okay, I have, but I look at them, they are not prophecies. They are more like dreams. So dreams are dreams. And some of the people who dream and I listen to them, they're such nice people. They're not wicked people. They're not evil people. They're not manipulators. They're not even covetous. Mm. They don't even want your money. They don't even want your money. They're simple people. So I listen to them. I listen to their dreams. And I say, okay. Listen. I'm not making any judgment. Any judgment. Our only thing is that it's like a marriage. For better or worse. <laughs> You know, that's what he say, Lord, better or worse, I am covenanted to you. I am not going to leave you, and I know you will never leave me. 
I don't know what is coming, Lord, but we have made up our mind. We have made this resolution. I'm not going to leave you. You're not going to leave me. Why is the, why is it that we are trying hard to do the right thing and the wicked are winning all year around? Well, that's been the truth for human history. Right from. There were two sons. One was called Cain. The other one was Abel. One was the son of the devil himself. That's how he is called. Yeah. The other one is a righteous one. And it looks always that evil is winning. Right? And Jesus was crucified. It looked as evil was winning. Mm. But the problem is we are not listening to the voice of evil. Mm. If you listen to the voice of evil, every time when Jesus went and a demon appeared, he said, why have you come before our time to mm. torment us? So they are confessing their defeat. Mm. Okay, They are confessing their defeat and we do not have eyes to see that evil is not actually triumphing. Evil has already been judged. Okay? Let me tell you. I mean, those of us in India who know it. When you kill a snake, okay, we have killed a few here, our visitors here. When you hit a snake on the head and you kill, how long does his body keep on moving? For a while. For a while. Mm. The head has already been crushed. crushed. The tail is still (laughs) The tail is still wagging. The head has already been crushed. On the cross. The tail has been wagging for 2000 years. And it's the last stages. The last gas of the enemy. He has come with great wrath. Because he knows his time is very short. Okay. His back is against the wall. He knows he is finished. It is over. So evil is not triumphing. Though outwardly it is looking. It is triumphing. That is not happening. On one side yes. On the other side God knows his church. The church is getting stronger. It's getting purer, it's getting more righteous, it's getting more holy, mm. it's getting more loving, it is getting more enduring, perseverance. That is happening on another side. The thing is that we don't see that. That is God's privilege. He doesn't have to show it to me. Who all are. He says, even the whole creation doesn't know. I know. Mm. But all of creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. So there are two things that is happening side, side by side. Evil is growing. Evil. And righteousness yes. and holiness is growing. The simple thing we need to ask is that which part am I? Exactly. That's all. What yeah. is growing in me is a simple thing. Meat and tears. <laughs> okay, meat and tears. Mm. That's all thing. There's a separation. Before mm. the harvest, you will separate. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And we do not know. Again, we cannot. That's one thing Jesus refused. He did not set a time when this will end. He refused to divulge it. That is the secret. He never told us. All he can do is prepare. We don't know. Five years, ten years, fifty years, seventy years. We don't know. (laughs) We do not. Hundred years, we don't know. The time and the hour, no one knows. We can look at all those signs. But we cannot. Yes, one sign is Israel. But we do not know. (laughs) We do not know. All we can do is occupy till he comes. When he comes, we do not know. One of the prophecies, uh, one man of God says is that Israel has to go through another kind of a holocaust. I mean, the way, not not the, the kind of thing that they went through, but maybe much worse. Yeah, but that will the, happen during get, the second half of it. Israel will go through that. They will get whooped rice royally. Okay, please don't get so sentimental about, about Israel. 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 There's Israel. very few people is a remnant. in there which is remnant. Mm. We love Israel because we know Israel is God's chosen people ancient times. But Israel doesn't love God. Mm. Israel doesn't love God. But God's covenant stands. Yes. Because every time, even in the book of Exodus, when they cried out, he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So even when they go into trouble, he still remember. 
I think Abraham is somewhere around and says, Dad, he says, okay, Abraham, I'll handle them, don't worry. Yeah, what? <laughs> my people. My people. <laughs> people. <laughs> my people. Okay. That is there. But don't get, oh, I wish Abraham spoke that about me. God says, no, no. my son speaks for you. No, no, no. <laughs> we got grace. Somebody greater than Abraham. Amen. Somebody greater Abraham than Abraham. Rejoice to see my day. <laughs> Abraham rejoice to see my day. <laughs> we don't need Abraham. I don't need Abraham to speak up for me. I have an advocate in heaven whose name is Jesus Christ. He speaks for you and me. So we are not underprivileged. Mm. We are more privileged. Hallelujah. Okay. Mm. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll stop there yeah. because mm. you have your next meeting at uh, at 8 o'clock. Oh boy. Okay. So awesome. we just thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Jesus. Father, we just thank, thank you. you we just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. All of eternity, mm. we will be loving you and learning how good you are. Though we say, Lord, It will be true only then. We will not even have words enough in eternity to thank you and to praise you, to worship you. We just want to thank you, Lord. And I speak your healing, Lord. There are so many who are not well and you are still the healer. That will never change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. You are the healer and by your stripes we were healed. That will stand for scripture cannot be broken. And I continue to pray for those who are afflicted in the body, whether it is a pandemic, COVID, or anything else. And I pray for healing, Lord. I pray Mm. for healing. Father, they are making this vaccination mandatory for so many people. Your children are struggling. Mm. They don't know what to do. But I pray, Father, if somebody has to take that vaccination, they have no choice but take it. I pray again, your word will stand. Mm. You said in Mark 16, 18, even if you take poison, it will not harm you. And I pray everyone, every child of yours who is forced to take that vaccination will stand on that verse and it will become real for them. Whatever they call over their mercy and all the stories that is about it, DNA changing and arguments, but I pray the word of God will stand over and above it all. It will not harm them. It will not harm them. I pray for those who are discouraged and depressed. They will know you, that you are their peace. Those who are feeling weak, I pray they will know you are their strength. Help them. Help us, all of us, to know you, Lord. Through this season. Let this season not be wasted. Let people not think this second wave is a curse. Let God's people say, He's given us one more opportunity to draw closer to Him. Let us not waste this opportunity. For it is in these dark days, your voice is heard the loudest. Help people to draw closer to you, Lord, during this season. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come in the rest of the night, next service. Tomorrow, if you tarry to come tonight, tomorrow, Sunday service, we commit it all into thy hands, O Lord. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes, our heart, our mind focused on you. Thank you, thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.